Welcome to Ben Navarra's podcast with your host, Ben Navarra's. Yeah, I've been listening to some of your podcasts. They're so cool. Thanks. Which just like, re- just really cool, like topics, like, you know, just overall, like, I like that it's a little bit of everything so that you get like multiple audiences instead of just like fitness only, or yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Everybody said at the very beginning that a lot of people that I talked to said at the very beginning that I need to be interviewing a lot of people. I should find, find my niche mm-hmm. and then I can, after that gravitate towards different niches. But yeah, I think then I, I did that. I used to listen to one podcast that I got into for fitness uh-huh. and then all of a sudden started becoming like super like not really a science based anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't like it as much. And I got, I got very almost disappointed a little bit. And so I yeah. ended up losing and I'm no longer there. Yeah, well, but if I start with, this is what we are, mm-hmm. this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then later in the future, if I really want to make a niche then I, then I can, but I never want to really niche. Like my niche is like, Health, fitness, entrepreneurship, business, education, like why be like so centered on just one form of education? Yeah. And I think it's cool, too, because a lot of the stuff that you talk about on your podcast can be related to a lot. Like everybody can resonate with it, even if it is a fitness podcast, like there's still very common themes and topics that resonate with people like losing weight, like body dysmorphia. There's so many different things that you can discuss. So. It's pretty awesome. It's an endless world of conversation, yeah. really. And like you get to learn about a concept that's ultimately transferable to a different industry. So I might be listening to somebody who's in the industry of health and fitness, but then as I am somebody who's in real estate, I can transfer those same skills and knowledge to how do I treat and manage people into treating and manage people over here. And it's like somebody's done it in this field that was very successful. So then just pull that over here right it's, yeah. i think there's, there's very, they're i didn't very know you were in real estate that's yeah, so in, cool yeah, a little bit of real estate so i did real estate for oh, i mean a very a short period of time i guess i still i i own i own my house in texas um looking to buy real estate here nice. so this house is owned and it was part of the the the, uh, the initial goal of having like a, a large conglomerate of, of real oh, estate properties nice. uh, looking at one in new york it's a, like a small little cabin uh good for airbnbs and then also just good for yeah uh, travel yes um, so in northern new york out there and then yeah so and then there's another one in the trust in the valley so yeah oh my but, gosh like, yeah so you're oh, just everywhere <laughs> a little bit yeah, I think it's kind of the goal right like, yeah like yeah. create an empire right yeah and like um it's interesting because i listened to grant cardone's one uh, topic about real estate right because he's pretty big on that um and he was like buying a house is like the worst thing you can do instead of and i was like well i'm just so curious about that so what are your thoughts on that because i because i feel like what his point was saying was that like rent until like you have the capital to pretty much like actually invest into buying a home because you're going to spend so much time paying mortgage on it but obviously you're on the real estate aspect of it so is that like good advice or like for the younger generation, I guess. I think that if you can afford it and like you have something stable enough, then yeah, buy immediately. Right. 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 That's what I'm thinking. That's too. interesting. <laughs> I don't, I want to stop renting and giving my money away. I'll sh- yeah. I'll show you the video that he put up because it was intriguing. Cause he's like, you should never buy 
it's like it's stupid to buy. He literally starts the video with that. So again, I don't really know real estate as much, right? So it's it's hard for me to kind of understand, I guess. But he was basically saying that like wasting your money on buying a home when you don't actually know like that this is going to be the home that you want and then just rent until you have the capital to be able to. But then I'm thinking to myself, well, mortgage is cheaper. So like, why would you not? <laughs> right. So More, I build equity or give my money away. Uh, listen. Yeah. I mean, so, come on. Like that's a no brainer. I have no, like, seriously, I, I, I'm not knowledgeable on this at all. So I think that I I always go to say like who, what, what is the, the mouth that it's coming from? Right. Is it somebody that owns a lot of, mm-hmm. um, a lot of rental properties? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't rent or don't, don't buy. Right. Come rent. I see what you're saying. Right? Like, why would you waste your money over there when you can just spend it over here? Because mm. at the end of the day, I'm the one that's winning. And sure, maybe I'm like, my rent's lower than maybe what market would be. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm still making my nut well over. <laughs> right, so, right. I don't know. Um, hi, welcome back. Hi, welcome uh, to the podcast. <laughs> so today we have Angela. And uh, Angela, where are you from? Why, why, are, we, why are we here? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, thank you for having me here. Um, so I actually am from Jersey. Uh, I grew up in South Jersey, so almost kind of a Philly girl, I guess you can say. I spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. My dad's also from Philly, so big Eagles fans. Go Birds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I just... So long story short, I grew up with um, my father being a lieutenant and my mom is a registered nurse. So grew up in a really nice community in Jersey and pretty much did the typical go to college. I played volleyball. I played collegiate volleyball, which was really fun um, and ended up with an athletic training career. So I actually was working with the Philadelphia Eagles for a few years at a private alternative practice, which was amazing. So much experience telling you, go birds (laughs) all the way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a really cool um, job. And I was like a medical assistant. So lots of experience, thought about medical school. And then long story short, ended up being in an accelerated nursing program. And then why I'm here is because my boyfriend, Ashton, he pretty much, I mean, we were in a very, very dark place, I think, in terms of what we wanted out of life. I think there was a point in our life where we were like, damn, like, this is it. You know, like everyone has this huge dream of like your career goals and this and that. And we were like, man, like going to work, like it sucks. Like I'm so unhappy. And there was a point in time where even like our relationship was relatively fragile because he was so miserable and so was I. And overnight, I swear to you, he just started looking up like ways to make money online, looked into affiliate marketing, drop shipping. I mean, you know, Amazon, whatever, like all that, all that shit that people are doing nowadays. All this stuff. Yeah. And he was like, okay, well, I have a lot of connections into like getting into all of these programs to learn how to start an agency. And he pretty much just like brought, like bought an LLC, got into starting an agency, partnered with somebody. And I pretty much dropped out of an accelerated nursing program to come join him on this. And now we are hopefully building an empire together doing that. So that's what I'm doing here. <laughs> There's a lot there. There's a lot there. So yeah. backtracking to, I guess, the point of going through uh, undergrad and then did you know what you wanted to do initially coming into school or will you focus on athletics? 
I think being an athlete, I was like super about sports and athletics, right? And also being 21, 22, relatively young, I was like, that was like the first thing that I really got into. I had a taste of it. And then being with the Eagles also throughout the Super Bowl when they won, I mean, that's obviously a very significant reason for me to stay in the field, to continue working. I was comfortable. I was very comfortable. And I think that that can be really dangerous sometimes because it led me to believe that, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But again, no offense to them, love the Eagles, but me constantly catering to them, like the actual physical labor of, I mean, every healthcare profession that there is, there's so much that goes into it, but your opportunity is so slim and it will always be limited unless you go back into school and you invest more time, get more into debt, and then you could possibly increase your salary just a little bit. Right. So there was just no guarantee besides the fact that, okay, maybe I will have a stable income, but I'm never going to accomplish the things that I want to. Yeah. Maybe I can get into real estate. Yeah. Maybe I can do that, but you have to build the capital in order to do that in the first place. So I think, um, that's when I started to think to myself, like, okay, maybe this isn't what I want to do. And I want to pursue something more. So I applied to PA schools. I applied for, you know, so many different, like, MD programs, DO programs, and I didn't get in. Literally, like I'm just gonna be straight up. I, I didn't get in, and I was like, "Damn, I'm fucking stupid." Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if I could curse on yeah. here. Okay, um, but yeah, I was like, "Damn, like I'm fucking stupid. Like, why can't I do this?" And then I was just like, "Okay, well, I still want to do something in in the medical field." So I tried accelerated nursing program, and thank God literally was like, okay, sure, you can do this. Got into the accelerated program. And then that's shortly when, yeah, that was really tough <laughs> telling my nursing professors after like the first semester, like, yeah, I'm just not going to do this anymore. <laughs> Support for Ben Thinking is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code THINKING at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 16 million balls. I got my lawnmower and weed whacker recently and i immediately put the weed whacker inside of my nostrils no nicks no snags and i have never been able to smell things as good as after i used the crop the weed whacker the crop preserver makes my balls smell nice every single day that i'm in the gym and of course we love that get 20% off and free shipping with the code thinking at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code thinking unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped it's a hell of several leaps and i think that i mean i, I relate very much so when yeah i got into school and was like what, what am i really doing and then trying to like get out and i knew that i wanted to get into something health and fitness related, but I didn't want to be a coach. But then the program I was in was geared towards coaching. I was working mm -hmm. with the A&M team, was working as an athletic trainer. And then 
I got out and I was like, I don't, I still don't know what I want to do. Like, I guess construction, <laughs> like, yeah. I, like the next thing that was going to ultimately pay me because it wasn't going to be that route. Yeah. And it just became oddly difficult to parlay outside of the, like, it never felt like it was the right next move. And I couldn't get into schools and I couldn't, you know, I, there was the, the PT programs were insane. Like to get into a PT yes. school is absolutely ridiculous. I tried that too. I, I couldn't knew, get it. <laughs> I knew friends that already had their masters were working on their doctorate. And the only reason they were working on their doctorate and doing like high level research was because that they, they didn't get into the DPT program. And yeah. it was like, you can't get into the DPT program, but you can do some like crazy NASA research or some WHO research, like working with a who. And it was like, I, I think there's just, there's a lot of people, a lot of people to sift through. And I don't really understand entirely. I don't think you need to necessarily need to be smart to get into schools all the time. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's connections a lot of, a lot of the time. Gosh, um, which, so yeah, I think that's a lot of, I think you learn that in like, that's life. Like connections are very powerful, very it's useful. Everything. It is. Yeah, absolutely. But another thing that I think about is like, I always have this mantra of like all these no's in life are going to lead to a bigger yes. So I've had the door slammed in my face multiple times of like all these different careers. I wore so many different hats and I'm 29 now, right? So throughout my entire 20s, and this is the last year that I get to live it. Um, <laughs> depressing. <laughs> um, but throughout those years, like I was a personal trainer. I was a medical assistant. I was a GI technician, surgical assistant, like nursing student. I mean, seriously, like you name it under the sun. But I never, ever received the reward that I was looking for when I was searching and searching and searching. And not to say that any of those professions are, are negative. This is just my point of view of like my journey. And I really didn't feel rewarded at all. And then going into the pandemic, going to school during the pandemic, it showcased even more how, how poorly the medical field and staff are, are treated nowadays. And it's like... I, I hate that. I, I hate that the almost the most important job that there is, right? They're they're helping humanity, literally, right? They are treated the worst. And I just, I couldn't live with that. I'm so cutthroat about stuff. Maybe that's the Jersey girl in me or something, but I just feel like I was like, no, I'm taking a stance on that. I don't deserve that and all the work that I put into it. So yeah, man. And my mom's a nurse too. So she's like suffering multiple injuries, had multiple surgeries because she spent 30 years as a bedside nurse in critical care. So it's like the after effects like that's happening to her body. It's just like breaking down. So again, it's what, tough. What do you mean by they, they are treated poorly? Yeah. Um, well, gosh, that could mean a number of things, but um, I think I can speak for most healthcare professionals that there's kind of this... How do I say this? This like weird rule, like unsaid rule that the patient is always right. Okay. And that can mean, I mean, same with, I partially own a business now. So kind of the same concept where you want to make sure that the other person on the other side is, is happy. But in healthcare, I, I think it's abused heavily. So there are people that, again, you're laying on a bed, maybe your deathbed. We don't know how sick you are. And you're at, I'm, I'm your nurse. I'm, I'm here to take care of you. I'm literally watching out for you to make sure you don't die. <laughs> right? Like, and they're just awful. They will spit on you. They're so like my cousin, for example, she's a nurse and um, love her to death. 
But one thing that she goes through constantly is like these men, right? She's an Asian female nurse. She's, she's young. She's pretty, she's beautiful. You know, and I'm not just saying that to be biased. Like she's, she's young, she's beautiful. So these guys are absolutely rude to her. There's racial slurs. They'll touch her. They'll force her to do things that clearly they can do by themselves. But just the fact that they know that they have the power to tell her to do things for them because she has to do it. And then when she brings it to her charge nurse, her charge nurse will clap back and not stick up for her, but in sense say, hey, the patient needs help with this. So you need to do that or it's a write up or something like that. Right. So it's like she's not even supported by the the top guys or whatever. Right. And um, I think that is just mentally deteriorating. I think it's like dehumanizing, to, to be honest. That's it's a big stance of mine. I'm just like, we're all human, too. So the fact that like I'm here full time to take care of you and you're treating me this way. I mean, why is that OK? Why is that tolerated? You know, I wonder why that is tolerated. I, I, I think it caught me off guard initially because I'm like, OK, well, they get paid pretty well. And mm-hmm. it seems like a fairly I mean, I guess you, you kind of like I don't want to clean shit. Right. But yeah. you, you kind of understand that that's part of the part of the gig if you sign up for it. Mm-hmm. But that piece of it is definitely something that's maybe not not so ideal, yeah. um, less than not ideal. Right. It, it's it's just wrong. But yeah. I but I don't know how you stop that problem. I, I don't I, 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 I if the role is to do with the customer and, and I, I'm going to call a patient a customer because ultimately that's what they are. Um <laughs> Very sick customers. Very, very sick customers <laughs> that are reliant on this on this very large bill. Yes. Um, how do you? At what point do you say no? Oh gosh, I mean, but that's that's like a bigger thing, right? So it's like nurses don't sign up for, for that. that, correct? Right? Like, I hate that whole concept of like, well, this is what you signed up for. Like, this is what you know that the profession is about. No, it's not just about wiping people's ass and doing that. Like you go through extensive schooling again they don't even teach you most of the shit that you're going to run into once you're actually on the floor by the way (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) (laughs) so it's like to me i i think that this isn't ever going to stop like that was my biggest reason for why i left because you you see our country right now and and how fragile it is currently and especially with like healthcare workers like you see nurses like there was that huge case about that nurse that dispensed either the wrong drug or the wrong amount of drug and administered it to somebody and it ended up killing the patient right if anybody if i took an average american that has never been in healthcare before and put them on a floor like a, a med surge floor a critical care or emergency room okay you have no fucking idea how crazy it is. And especially when someone's life is on the line. I mean, thinking is is not even a thing. You act. That's that's what healthcare is, is that in school they teach you, hey, this is the shit that could potentially happen. But you have to be able to, I guess, be a really good critical thinker and think like, okay, this person is turning blue and his sats are dropping and this and that. Like you have to think and connect everything that you learn, everything you've experienced. You don't have time to sit there and contemplate, hmm, well, if I do this calculation, no, you you have to just go. So it's like, I don't think that healthcare workers will ever really be appreciated at the level that they need to be. And that's something that I had to deal with and something that sat with me, which is why I made the decision to leave. You know? Yeah. yeah. <coughs> I relate on, I think, preventative healthcare 
is I think underrated, but definitely growing in its power. I guess like it, I went to Restore the other day, which is a place that's right down the street. Oh here. yeah, I've um, seen that. And so I, I, got, I went to go get an IV drip, and it was a very different experience yeah. than going to the doctor. I'm, I'm still seeing a nurse practitioner. I'm going to go and get my glutathione and my magnesium nice. and my glutamine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a a warm experience that I think is paid fairly well for the most part. Sorry. Mm, that's um, good. There you go. Um, so it's definitely growing in its its power and its space, but I think that like in a gym, it's still unfortunately underrated a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I also really oh, I feel so strongly about this, but I really hate shitty trainers that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Which is why it's get it's about rap. Hundred percent. Like, first of all, like I am not somebody who ever fat shames. I'm not somebody who ever comments on someone else's body. But if you have a trainer that does not take care of themselves and you see the the level of just, again, like, I think it's all about discipline. It's like if you, your body and how you look, your appearance, how you dress, the way you live your life, the things that you say, the shit that comes out your mouth is a impression of who you are, right? So it's like, if you don't have the discipline to take care of yourself, why would I be motivated and want to listen to you? And it just sucks. Like going to gyms and seeing these horrible, horrible trainers. This this one guy um, I saw at the gym, again, does not take care of himself at all. Had this like 70 year old woman doing like box jumps and step ups with like an 80 pound like jacket again she's she's my age i mean my age my height and just like this tiny woman doing stuff like that again like she's at risk for osteoporosis like i think about the other things like outside of just working out and i think that's also the problem is the stigma in the gym community that just because i have a nasm degree means that i know everything yeah you know what i mean so very little realistically like in the field of health and fit like you know a sect and so like you can stay within your your area and that's cool yeah but when we start branching out and you can branch out don't get me wrong uh you can branch out learn get educated in different areas mm-hmm. um with guidance and in in a space that allows for that but if it's just trying it out on a couple clients like you try it on yourself and then maybe have a collaboration of other trainers maybe that somebody knows more than you yes. go get more certifications go get more knowledge and then apply it and yeah. it makes more sense but even those fundamental skills of Maybe that this person, this person is a, a falling hazard. They are a falling risk. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If we break something here, then it, it's not just like a, oops, like we broke a bone. We got to go to the hospital. It's like, it, did I create a big enough fracture that it's going to tear an artery in the middle of the gym and this person bleeds out you and dies right no here? no idea. Literally none. Yeah. That's wild. And I think that stems to like my next point about like how people are just masters of everything. Everyone is like TikTok, for example. It's like people are teaching everybody how to do everything in life just because they've done it once or whatever the case is. And that's the rep in this industry too. Like with me and Ashton and Brian's um, agency right now, people are teaching other people. They're calling themselves consultants and they say like, oh, we'll teach you how to build a business from the ground up or we'll teach you how to get to whatever. And they've never done it. It doesn't make any sense to me. How can you teach somebody Get somebody to give you thousands of dollars and trust you to teach them how to do something that you've never done. So there's so many fucking phonies out there. (laughs) That's what I call them. So So many phonies. How do you sift through those phonies? 
Well, I mean, so my role in the company right now, so I am supposed to be the director of client success, but I've actually had to take over the front end of the sales portion or department, right? Um, so essentially speaking, I'm the one that's vetting out all the individuals and letting them through the door. I'm kind of like the gatekeeper. And then once I let a prospect through the door is then when Brian will close them on a closing call, um, which is awesome. Great win for us. And then Ashton is all the operations. So he sets up all the accounts, our conversational AI bot, um, all the funnels, the ads, all of it. Right. And then we have some employees that are also helping with that process, which is dope to even say that. <laughs> um, and so the way that I'm sifting through it is I ask very specific questions on these calls and I can tell very, very easily and very soon when somebody tries to tell me about their business because um, I ask them about their success because we have very strategic partnerships. We don't just help anybody if they don't see the vision. Right. Because we're one of those companies where we have a system, we implemented it, we've been able to get a 10x ROI, and now we're teaching you how to do exactly what we did. And it's sustainable because we're still up and running. Right. So we're one of those companies where it's like, no, we're not going to just like tell you what to do because we know it works. No, we, we have the data and we can show you the metrics that this shit is really going to help you scale. So me, I'm just super transparent and cutthroat and I ask them questions about their business. And if I can tell that they know nothing about their business or maybe they need help understanding the premises, of course, but there's a lot of guys that have a lot of ego in this space, like a male dominant for sure, like fields, um, which is really tough because I listen to Layla Hermosi a lot. I'm not sure if you listen to the Hermosis, right? Um, and I love her deeply because she is such a strong female in this space and she gets bashed. I mean, I read some of the comments that some of these guys are saying and it's hilarious because she claps back and says, this is why you're broke. And it's so funny that she says that. And it's, it's true. Like there's just so many phonies out there. Everybody's all talk. Everyone will put up a front. But at the end of the day, it's like, what is the, the purpose behind what it is that you're doing. And so like some of the guys that we consult with, I'm like, what is the vision? Like, what's the purpose of what you're trying to do? Are you trying to help people? Or are you just trying to make more money? And most of them will just say, well, I'm just trying to make more money. And I'm like, okay, but if you focus on that, then you're not going to get anywhere because ultimately you're not going to be able to help people. And then you're not going to be able to make money. <laughs> Putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, You got to help people. You got to create a system or you, let's say I own a gym. I want to create a gym, a culture that allows for the people using the service to get the most out of the service. Of course. Not just where can I cut as many corners as I can to pour yeah. in as much money as I can. Yeah. And then and, you got to think about like the LTV, the lifetime value of all of those clients sticking around because that's revenue, right? Just coming in every single month, guaranteed revenue. So it's like if you cut that cord off a little too fast and people don't trust you, then you, you can't scale. You'll always be stuck. So I think like it's all about intention. And that's something that I hit really hard on on my calls when I am doing some prospecting is like what is the goal and a lot of them say well i just i want to make passive income and travel the world okay great that's a great goal right and then there's, there's so many people that are just so stuck on the money aspect that it's it's tough to work with people <laughs> is, it, is 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 it's tough to work with people who only are focused on money is that what you're saying yeah because i think that 
I just, I love speaking to people when I know that they're genuine in everything that they do and they have no malicious intent because I've lost so many friendships because of that. Because Ashton and I, we're always going to have your back. Whether or not we agree with something or disagree with something, we'll voice it to you. I'm very confrontational, so I I will 100% voice it to you. Jersey. Yeah, right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you're my best friend or you're my family or you're, you know, like you're, you're my bestie. Like I'm going to support you through the ups and the downs. But at the same time, it's like, it's your life has to be intentional. If you, if you live it, just kind of going through the daily motions, you're never going to find what you're looking for. So if you live every single day with pure intentions of like going towards something that is going to be positive, I think, um, you're going to find success. And I think that goes for any industry really. Um, but entrepreneurs, I think Alex Hermosi dropped a video, um, of a podcast that he was actually on. And he was saying that like with entrepreneurship, it's like, there's no guarantee. There's no safety net. There's no certainty that what you're doing and spending all these fucking hours doing is actually going to pay off. And that constant state of anxiety is kind of what keeps us going. So it's like, I'm not really a huge adrenaline junkie. Like I don't even like roller coasters, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like freaking hate them. Absolutely fucking having a panic attack. Right. Um, and it's like the uncertainty of that, um, still for some reason keeps me going. Cause I'm like, damn, but if this does pay off, this is going to fucking be sick. (laughs) I think even I liked not even not if, but when, yeah, when this does pay off. Right. Mm, right. I think the way we speak, we put that out into the world and it's like, it's not if it's, not, it's like, yes, sure. To some degree, that's a bet, but I'm betting on myself and I'm, I'm trusting enough in myself that it's going to, it's going to work. Yeah. So it's when this works and it might not look the way I think it's going to look, but it's going to fucking work out for sure. Yeah. And I think it's, also, like I always say to Ashton, because like you can have a million good ideas, but without execution, you won't fucking get anywhere. Right. And Ashton always has amazing ideas and always executes. And me and Brian, no joke, there has never been a time that me and Brian are like, no, man, we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, like we're always like, hmm, okay. Well, why? Of course, like we need an explanation, but gosh, he's just an executor. And I, and I think that's, what's made us th- to get to this point and scale it at this point And at this rate, um, is because you have to execute. You can't just ha- sit there and manifest and just assume that the world is just going to drop it into your lap or your lap. It's, it's just not going to work that way. What are some intentions that you have moving forward in your life right now? Wow. That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, honestly to be like super transparent i my grandparents are getting old um and there was actually a period where my grandma almost died so she was in korea and she the reason they flew out there uh, was because my i believe my grandfather was receiving some medal of honor for being a korean war veteran um yeah that's like a whole nother yeah (laughs) a whole nother for sure um but long story short he pretty much survived by hiding out in a hollowed out tree trunk like that was in the ground and he heard american soldiers and yeah pretty pretty sick right yeah really sick so she ended up going out there and i think just being on the plane for 16 hours caused a blood clot and it was just mm-hmm. like this really 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 almost fatal episode and thank god she's still here today and 
Ashton and I, I think throughout our whole entire relationship, we've always been intentional with everything that we did. So short backstory to fill you in on some context. So me and Ashton, I was in Jersey. He was in Chicago. Well, in college at Eastern EIU, Eastern Illinois University. And um, he sent me a DM. And this was like when I took fitness really seriously. So this is like when I first reached 10K followers, like I was like, damn, like I'm going to be a fitness influencer, right? That's when I was like really trying to do that and push on that heavily. But um, he DMs me and it went from like little DMs back and forth to exchanging Snapchats back and forth and then phone numbers and then we're texting and then now we're FaceTiming two, three times a day. Again, complete stranger. Don't know why I was entertaining it, but I was young. I was like, fuck it. What's what's going to hurt in this situation? Where's the bad? So we ended up doing that for like three, four months and then I flew out to go meet him for the first time and it ended up being the best thing ever. So again, the intention behind that was I genuinely just wanted to spend time with somebody that I've grew a connection with, even though I've never met him. But on his end, like he was more so just like, I just need to validate the feelings that are present. (laughs) And it's kind of weird because we've never met each other like physically, but we've shared so many emotional and intellectual conversations with one another that it led us to connect on a deeper level than just physical. So when I obviously went out there and met him, like all the physical just kind of came along with it. And I was like, damn, like this is this is what relationships are supposed to be like. We are not your traditional relationship. We're not. And um, Alex and Layla always talk about this, but it's like they went to go and seek therapy for like couple I guess like a couple therapist Mm -hmm. right and um she was saying that like you know they always tell you like don't talk about work you have to go out to this many dates you need to have sex this many times a week like that sort of nature right and she was like that doesn't work for me and Alex like same with me and Ashton we love talking about work there's always a negative connotation around work because it's fucking miserable for most people But for us, like that shit is everything. It's my life right now. And so like, we're not that traditional relationship, but it all comes down to intention. Like everything that we do, everything that we say to each other is very intentional. And we have the idea that we're gonna live this huge life and we wanna build an empire so that when we do have kids and you know, we wanna be able to retire our parents, we wanna be able to do these big things. And yeah, the finances and the abundance of, of that will come along with it. But I think it's just the fact that you have to be very genuine in everything that you do. And if you put intention behind every action that you take, good karma is definitely gonna come back to you. And then obviously in, in my hindsight, it's more so my faith. Like God is someone that I, most definitely turn to in my life. And I'm a living example that he exists, but again, not going into like religion, but I think it's more so just like having that faith and having that positive mindset and something to turn to, you know, that really helps. So some positivity, it sounds like some community, some deep relationships. Yeah. I mean, all good things that I think ultimately provide a quite the quality of life and kids. And it sounds like there's a lot of, of, goals mm-hmm. how do you practice these intentions day to day like are you like do people journal in the morning people do do therapy i, I do therapy yeah. um people memo right i do I, I love voice memos as well um we have all these different resources or tools how do you approach the day with 
the intentions you're setting out either for that day or for your life or for that week, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. I think having Ashton really helps. I think not everybody is blessed with their forever partner, right? I was very blessed to have met him so early on in my 20s that I've been able to grow into so many different versions of myself um, comfortably because of his support. And I think it's not saying that like he is the only reason why I've gotten to this point, but I don't know. I think it always is going to stem back to my faith. Like you don't have to be a religious person or believe in God necessarily to accomplish these things. But I think just knowing in the back of my head that this life that I'm living right now has already been written out for me. So the way I explain Christianity is you're in the center of a labyrinth, right? And you have so many different routes, right? Many different routes, some worse than others, right? But it all leads to the same purpose at the very end. There's only one exit. So your whole life is consisted of multiple different paths and you have to initiate to be able to get to that endpoint, but you'll always still get to that endpoint, no matter what. It's just how stubborn are you? Are you going to listen to your intuition or God, right? Are you going to make the right intentional choices to, cause like you believe in karma, right? And that shit is so true. Cause like the energy that you put out into the world is gonna come right fucking back to you. So in this labyrinth, like, are you doing the things and making decisions in life that's gonna better you as an individual and help humanity? Or are you doing it for selfish reasons? And if you're doing it for selfish reasons, it's okay to be selfish sometimes, of course. I'm in a selfish period of my life too. Um, but I think ultimately it's like knowing that my life is already planned out for me and I already know the life that I want to live. I start acting that way. So I already act like I'm making the money that I want to. I'm already having the mindset of a millionaire when I'm not there yet <laughs> at all, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it's not about morning routines. It's not about journaling. It's not about working out. Those are all nice, like places to go to, to, to kind of center myself but I don't rely on that necessarily to execute and get to where I want to be in life. It sounds like the self-talk is the, is the guidance or that is the, the yeah. practice. It's constantly coming back to this, this mentality and you practice this mentality that ultimately we get to see as, as who Angela is now, yeah. but it's all the work that's been done inside your head. That's ultimately the, that's now we get to, again, we get to appreciate or get to listen to all these other things, but it sounds like a lot of that self-talk definitely seems to be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about mindset. Like if you can just shift all of your limiting beliefs in your life, then you're going to get somewhere. Like if you sit there and tell yourself like I'm depressed or I'm fucking ugly, okay, then you will be depressed and you probably are fucking ugly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think people really don't understand or they underestimate the power of the mind because again, like if you can just read a little bit more, like absorb as much knowledge as you humanely can. Cause like to me, like, yeah, manifesting. Okay. I, I understand like the concept behind that journaling. Everybody has their own ways of dealing with things. But again, it's like, if you always have that limiting mindset, you're always going to be stuck there. So I think it's also just having that self-awareness and being cognizant of like, oh shit, like I'm limiting myself right now. Um, that's, that's where you gain all your power is kind of having that. 
What are some characteristics that this version of Angela is proud of? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I think it's silly because I don't know if I would be proud of myself until I hit my goal, which is to make a million (laughs) dollars. And, um, I, I think maybe that's like where the athlete aspect of me comes through, but, um, I am very proud of myself. Um, in a sense where I've been searching Ben for so long um, of who I want to be. And it's like everyone who graduated college went into their careers and they're working full time and they get these promotions and they know what they want to do for the rest of their fucking lives. I'm jealous. I was so jealous of that. I was so envious of that because I just felt like I deserve to live a bigger life. And maybe that's fucking selfish of me to say, but I really thought that I was like, I don't deserve to just live this like regular schmegular life like I want something bigger and I deserve something bigger and I want to give my parents something bigger my family something bigger so when you keep searching and searching and that's what your 20s are for everyone says like 30s is the new 20s because you spend your 20s searching and searching and searching so I think like I'm just proud of myself to go from person like every version of myself and I was able to improve my mindset throughout all of those processes with Ashton's support. Um, and I, and I don't think that I would have had the confidence to really do that without Ashton. Now, needless to say, was I dependent on him? No, but you need a strong, strong inner circle for sure. Like I would be nowhere without my mom, my best friends, like, you know, I'm really close with my cousins and Ashton, especially like he's really the one that was like, hey, like if you want to be a personal trainer, go do it. Okay, cool. Hey, if you want to work at a hospital, why don't you just apply? Fuck it. You know, we had no problems finding jobs, which is a blessing, right? So we were able to just jump and hop around until we finally became the people that we wanted to be. And we ended up doing something together. So again, not everyone's life plans out that way, but lucky for us, we've been blessed to do so. I don't know that I don't wonder how many people really live that like they get out of college and they go find their thing and they do it. I know that a lot of people do, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I really like wonder what that percentage is because I know I was so frustrated. Right? Like you become an engineer and then you go do engineering things, right? Yeah. Depending on whatever sector yeah. you want to go. You want to yeah. be an electrical engineer, construction, like you can go all these different routes. And I was there like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do the degree that I'm currently finishing or like the, the career that the current, this degree leads towards. So like, let's find the next thing. Let's find the next thing. But on the way, I was still proud of the fact that I took the risk or I was believed in myself enough to stand up for myself mm-hmm. in times that were like, maybe I, I wasn't super prepared to start. I, I built homes. I didn't never build a home, <laughs> but I learned and learned quickly. Like I created yeah. my own sheets and created my own checklist. And I was like, oh, oh shit, like, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, that's it, cool. It was, it was awesome. At one point I was building 30 houses at one point at one, at one <laughs> single time. So you have these 30 projects that you're building and then you're managing all these people and all these schedules and you have work, you have your signing checks and like, like it was a lot to handle. Never been in that position, never been in that kind of managerial role, mm-hmm. but was part of the fact that I was like, I got up, I attempted something new, took a risk. And was successful at it. Yes. And I think continuously understand, like, if I, if I go back and look at any single one of those jobs, I don't start off the best ever. I don't think anybody ever does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but as you continue to develop those skill sets and develop, like you give it two months, you're like, holy shit, I'm actually really good at this. It's mm-hmm. like that confidence and trusting that 
I can pretty much do anything that I set my mind on. Yeah. And that could be starting a consulting company that could be going into construction. That could be doing real estate more, all these doing the podcast, like no matter what it is, I will get good. Oh yeah. You know? And I think that mm-hmm. you have that, like you, you've, you've done that. You, you, I don't think you become a D one athlete or you, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't be a collegiate athlete by just kind of moseying around. Like it takes work, it takes effort, but I think that those things teach you, uh, they teach you what work and effort looks like. Yeah. So then you can rep, you just replicate it. Like there's no difference. There is a, a book by Dave Tate that I absolutely love called under the bar. Mm-hmm. And it talked about, I read it in high school and it was talking about how a lot of, weightlifter a lot of people in the gym work out a lot and then they go to school and they're just fucking off or they're in business and they just fuck off right when they're in the gym they're fucking hitting hard yeah but then when they go home they don't hang out with their kids mm-hmm. when they go home they aren't talking to their wife they're not doing the self-work it's like you already know how to work just carry it over what are you doing yeah and i was like holy shit why am i sucking so much in school i know what i'm doing like now I just gotta apply that same amount of time principle to anything that I do and I can get good at anything. And I think that obviously what you guys are doing and it takes a team, it t- it's not I'm sure you can maybe do it alone, but I think if you have a really strong team then you can, you can scale much quicker. And so obviously you guys have done that and you're part of that. Right. So like, yeah. that's something to be proud of. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's like, yes, the million dollar goal is a good goal, but then uh, another testimony, I'm going to make another reference. Another, uh, I remember listening to a gentleman that was talking about his um, Navy SEAL testimony. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> and he got to, he would train all of his life. This is all he wanted to do. He made the school. He was like top ranked, whatever. He finally got to the, he graduated to graduation, got his medal, got whatever they're paying, whatever they get. Mm-hmm. And was like, okay. Now what? <laughs> now what? Like yeah. now I've been so passionate about all this, all this time. And I finally reached this goal. Yeah. And now we want to do this anymore. Yeah. So yeah. then it, I worry sometimes like when we focus on that million dollar goal, we focus on that house, we focus on mm-hmm. like that relationship, that thing that's outside of us. And then it, it almost, we forget what, what created that. Yeah. You, you create that, right? Yeah. And Angela yeah. gets to create that. And that's fucking like, that's you, no one will ever take that away from you. Exactly. Million dollars might leave. Mm-hmm. right you, you might spend it you might make some bad investments you might the world might fucking crash and you, it's just gone mm-hmm. but you are that person that created that and right. that is i think the beautiful thing about being on this this venture of entrepreneurship yeah and i think like my gosh like there were some times where i seriously looked in the mirror and would just like ball my eyes out because i have no idea what i want to do with my life right But the only difference is that you have to be willing to take the risk. And once you do, you become addicted to the success. So I think the difference is that when people graduate college, some people, maybe most, are like, damn, I don't fucking want to do this for the rest of my life, but I know how to, and I have the degree, and I have the experience, I have the letters of recommendation, like I have everything to be able to pursue it. So people settle. Most Americans settle. And that's something that I just was not okay with. I will never, ever settle. And, and not necessarily saying until I make a million dollars. I just won't settle for a life that I don't want to live. So entrepreneurship came very easy to me because I love helping people, which is why I got into healthcare, right? So it's like, you know, all these qualities and traits about yourself, but it's about 
taking the risk to doing something. And then when you actually see the success in that is when you get addicted, kind of like bodybuilding, right? Like you start seeing results, you start seeing your body fat percentage dropping, dropping, dropping. You're like, oh shit, I fucking love lifting. I love meal prepping, right? I love counting macros. It's like, it's about discipline too. Like you, you gotta be able to put in the work cause it's not gonna just be fucking handed to you. And everyone wants handouts these days too. So I think like when you put all those things together, you start really loving what you do. And that's what's great about me, Ashton and Brian is that the three of us fucking live for this shit. So it's so easy for us to talk about the business at dinner. That's the topic of conversation when we hang out, when we're drinking and we're hanging out on the weekends, we talk about the business for real. So it's like, we just love what we're doing. And I think that's what people need to be seeking is finding something that you genuinely enjoy doing and if that's work, then okay. And if that makes you money, sick. But you, I just don't think you're really gonna live a fulfillful life um, unless you do something that you genuinely love to do for the rest of your life, Yeah, right? I think I go back and forth with that because I see that a lot on social media. Sure. And it's, I forgot who, I think, it, I don't know if it's Jocko, but at the, um, there, I don't know if you've seen this guy recently. He like, always starts his videos by dropping a dumbbell inside of the, the inside of his ice oh, tank. He's like, a day, like oh, 380 yes. something. Yes. Um, and he just of, sits in freezing cold water. Yeah, yes. Uh, I've seen it, that. Oh, man, he, he came out with a really cool um, definition of discipline and it, it's, it's about self-love, not necessarily always doing what you love on the exterior. Like sometimes mm -hmm. do I really, like there's days, like a couple of weeks ago, I had a podcast at like Wednesday at four o'clock. And th yeah. that's for me, it's a little bit late. I like between 11 and two. That's kind of like my ideal time uh, to start recording. And then this guy, and we, we'd end up doing a later podcast and it had already been two throughout the day. And do I really, really, really want to not almost entirely. Mm -hmm. I want to learn about the individual. I want to do that stuff, but it's like, I, I needed to stay disciplined with the fact that I committed to a meeting and we're going to have this meeting. Right. Yeah. Like sometimes I don't like doing the recording. Right? Of course. Of course. Someone outsourced that. Don't get me wrong. I'll, or like the recording on the editing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to outsource it. Right. So For sure. I'm going to create, I'm going to make sure that I create an environment that still allows me to love what I do. And sometimes that a lot of times that takes money. Right. I don't like, I don't I hate doing laundry. Hate it. So pay someone to do my fucking laundry. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm -hmm. So like build a life that allows for me to still love as much as I can. Uh, but at the same time, if I don't have the, those like, immediate opportunities to pay for something mm. um then i'm gonna have to kind of suffer and realize well if i do my laundry then i get to dress better the next day yeah uh, or i'm more prepared for the next day so i don't know I, i'm not always super in love with the things that i do mm -hmm. but i think that they provide a lot of value and the in, so then long term I, generally yes right but there are nuances within each aspect that i might not enjoy but it goes towards the overall growth of the project. And so, yeah, we're going to do these things that I might not like. Yeah. But I think that all comes with boundaries, right? Cause like I love doing what I do, but there's a lot of bad days, shitty days. I mean, when it was just the three of us and we didn't have anybody working in the company. Oh yeah. I was hitting the motherfucking phones like constantly, right? Like in sales, it's a numbers game. 
So I'm trying to hit, again, there's no KPIs or anything. I'm just hitting my numbers that I need in order for us to get to 100K a month, right? So like those days sucked. I would get on the phone with all kinds of business owners, people talking down to me, people cursing me out. There's some people that literally don't even know who we are and they don't even remember like clicking on our ad or whatever the case is. And, and there's days where we don't make any sales. Like that's the shit that those are the shit days where the three of us sit down and we're relying on the business for income and we have to give up everything. We don't have anything else besides the business and the money that we generate from the business. So there's a lot of shitty times where we're like, what the fuck? Was this even a good idea? <laughs> right. But like you said, there's there's purpose and there's skill and there's value that comes with everything that you do. But that's all from taking a risk. We took the risk to not have a nine to five and a salary pay because we wanted something more than that. And I think that's what keeps us going and having the community between the three of us and having our loved ones also. I mean, think about it. My parents were not gung-ho about me getting out of the nursing program that I worked so fucking hard and getting into, right? All the money that my dad spent on my undergraduate, like he is incredible for making sure that I don't graduate with any debt what kind of thought? I mean, seriously, like my, my biological father did nothing for me. Right. And my stepfather, here he is stepping in and paying and making sure that I don't graduate with debt. Like, you know what I'm saying? So there are so many sacrifices that they made to make sure that I still got, got an education and went to college and I was still able to get jobs. And I love them so much for that. So think about like how hard it was for them too, to like, for me to say, yeah, I just don't want to do this anymore. And I'm going to start a business. <laughs> so if my daughter told me that, I'd be like, what? The? Like, I think, I think with this, I think as long as there are like there's there's a direction i guess right like to have an understanding i think it's being on the entrepreneurial side understanding that you do have to take risks right yeah. that comes with it yeah. but if you said he was a lieutenant right mm-hmm. <laughs> like structured right and, and super yeah it's it goes almost it goes against and so like if i told my if i started or when i started telling my parents i'm going to do it for my own thing they're mm-hmm. like what are you doing like yeah this is really what you want to do like, you want to know what i had to do so have you ever read uh robert kiyosaki's book rich dad poor dad i have not yet please do okay he is amazing also kind of biased because he's asian but anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but love him and i wrote so i read that book it's amazing and on the inside cover i wrote a letter to my dad before I started the book. And long story short, before I told him about like everything, I was like, hey dad, there's a book that I really want you to read. He's a reader. And he's like, okay, what's it about? I was like, well, it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he was like, okay. Like, you know, obviously just like, yeah, what the fuck are you trying to do? Right. So I came over and it was just me, him, and my mom and my mom had left to go to the kitchen and I pulled out the book and he was like, oh yeah, okay, what, what, so what's this about? And that's when I told him. And I was like, I am pursuing a different career and I promise you this will be my last. And I literally have probably said that to him like a fucking million times, right? <laughs> that's what I said when I was an athletic trainer. That's what I was when I was a medical assistant. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can probably see the look on his face like, okay, Angela, here we go with another fucking, this is the last, right? 
but no, I, I think he really believed me um, in that moment because I just, I've never been somebody who studies. I fucking hate studying. I hate taking tests. I was never a good test taker. And I really mean that. Like I got so much anxiety because I just know that like I either didn't study enough or I didn't retain enough information, right? I fucking hated anything that has to do with absorbing knowledge. Now I love it because it's it's helped me become the person that I am today. So I was like, dad, I, I read this book and I think it really, really explains the type of life that I'm trying to live because what Robert Kiyosaki is talking about is rich dads, which is like um, when he was a kid, he ended up working for like this. I don't know if it was like his, I don't remember if it was his friend's father that was a business owner. And then Robert Kiyosaki's father was the poor dad, the dad that pulled out 401ks, worked the nine to five, went through the typical American dream route, right? And the book is the only way that I was able to explain to my father, like actually how I made this decision and why. So he read the book. He actually finished it last month. And he was like, can you come over one day this week so we can talk about it? <laughs> and um, yeah, we just, we haven't done that yet. But again, I, I just think that there's a level of trust um, that they have with me. And also just the fact that like, because I've been absorbing and reading and really helping my mindset and, and get to a, a level, because again, like I also want to be in this space and be knowledgeable. I don't want to just be this girl that is a part of the industry, but doesn't know anything about it. So again, the way that I'm talking about it, the different languages that I'm I'm really saying in terms of like, business talk, sales talk. He's just like, wow, like you are a different person. And I can tell that you're taking this very seriously and I support it. So like, even without having that sort of discussion, again, he's a very, he's a man of very few words, very, very few words. And um, it was just cool to see that from them. So it wasn't too hard getting them on board. Um, because obviously if like, I tell them I want to be a millionaire, I mean, what, what parents don't want to hear their their you know daughter or son say that but um mine yeah <laughs> really yeah. really uh not a big fan of anything business related when i first mm. got my first salary it wasn't really a salary job it was the commission job but um there was a, it was a de- i was getting 50 percent commission okay um and 50 that's yeah, that's 50% high commission. okay okay uh and selling selling construction he's selling selling roofs and so yeah. like you're you're selling twenty thirty thousand dollars a product you're making the every, on a on a in a single day that's great um, commission pretty pretty great for sure um my parents are like why don't you just stay here retire with them get or get a state job just retire there like that's all you need to do like <gasps> if you go the business yeah. route there's too much headache we've seen it my grandfather owns uh, has owned several businesses. And so it's like, we, we, we understand that life yeah. and that's not something that we want for you. And it's mm. like, but I don't think that all business owners operate the same way that maybe you saw that experience run. There's other ways to run businesses and there's also different businesses to be inside of. And so I understand there's definitely still the need for uh, specific KPIs, um, which I I understand, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't need to, be the same person that maybe you experienced, right? Like that, that you had the unfortunate experience with. Absolutely, for sure. And I actually just dropped a video about being careful who you take advice from because most people, when they seek advice, they're thinking of their parents, family, their closest friends. 
but that's dangerous because you have to look at who you're taking your advice from. If you're taking your advice from somebody who maybe tried something and then failed, of course they would have the stance on, hey, don't do it because I did it and I wasn't able to get somewhere. Okay, well, we're two different people. And you can obviously see somebody who has more discipline than the other, someone who's more athletic or someone who's faster, right? Someone who's taller. Everybody is is so different in their ways. Um, and so I always say that to my younger cousins. I'm like, be careful who you're taking advice from and who you're asking advice from, because sometimes asking advice from family can be detrimental. And I love my family to death, but no one in my family has ever owned a business. No one has ever started something from the ground up um, or has been an entrepreneur. Like I don't come from aunts and uncles that have done that. And then that's really just because we're an immigrant family. Like they came here from South Korea and living the American dream. And damn, we, we went through some shit when we were younger kids for sure. Um, but it's, it's like, again, like we, they had to do stuff to survive out here, which was to go to school, get an education, get a job, like that sort of shit. So of course that's the type of advice that they, cause that's what worked for them. So I can see like why your parents would be very hesitant about supporting you through that process. But I think it really just stems down to like the fact that we're all different people and some people will execute and some won't. I think where it finally started to shit, maybe even before this, but I, I think I got a couple sponsors and they're like, are you, are you getting paid to do this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get paid they start questioning <laughs> like you just get paid to talk it's like well it's like getting paid to talk with creating content and doing this whole thing yeah it's like okay and then sure the manscape deal mm-hmm. and they're like okay like yeah we'll buy stuff like 100 <laughs> it's like yep it's like like it's yeah i think finally a little bit more bought in but it's still mm-hmm. i think a level of skepticism around it of course like it's the uncertainty correct that's really all it is but everyone is afraid of that i have that <laughs> yeah, like, you guys telling me that I'm it's scared shitless uncertain of that. <laughs> doesn't help me feel like i'm like i'm already feel like thanks <laughs> thanks parents yeah where's like give me some valuable information here <laughs> i know i know and it's and it sucks though because it's like you have that idea of like okay like well they're family they should support me but if you think about it who is always the one that calls you fat tells you that you look like shit that you smell like shit people who literally will say whatever they want to you it's family and so ashton and i even talked about that like we're not gonna allow that under our roof and that's why we want to host so much in the future is because if i hear some fuck shit (laughs) i'm gonna address it because that's not allowed we're breaking that generational trauma of constantly talking about weight constantly talking about what's good for you what's bad for you because guess what i don't really give a shit about your opinion at the end of the day i know you love me and you care about me but like for you to say this many hurtful things and not really support me um that's that's not what love unconditional love is in my eyes so i have friends that i'm way closer to than my own family which is wild but to me friendships are like family right so like if they're my ride or dies like i'm good with that and i think it's healthy to take space from family and have those boundaries um because there's just levels to it that i can't even fathom like family is so detrimental in in some cases so i I think it all uh, i don't know what i I have I'm going to make a little bit of a generalization. So if I'm wrong, then correct me, please. <laughs> okay. um, I think so I have a lot of Asian clients. Yeah, and hit me. 
the similarities between cultures, mm-hmm. between the Mexican culture, the Hispanic culture, and the Asian culture are very similar. It's for sure weird. the perceptions of parents and like the odd conservatives, but then the like the talking down to like the generational traumas are both very similar. Super it's weird. similar. It is weird. And it's crazy because so Ashton's family's Mexican, right? And I come from a super Korean family. Um more Amer- more Americanized, I would say though. Um, but yeah, it's just like the way they talk to each other. Like sometimes I'm at his grandma's, they do this amazing, I don't know if it's a Mexican culture, but it's like everyone goes to the grandparents' house like every Sunday to like eat and everybody lives in the same like neighborhood like very very close again we have like a little compound where everybody exactly. is exactly like, it's like a community <laughs> it's a side we have a sidewalk built between the backyards that oh connects all the backyards and the only thing that separates them is a gate <gasps> see yeah. like first of all love that like i think that's so cool um but again the stuff that they say to each other and meanwhile i'm not fluent in spanish but i can fucking tell when someone's being disrespectful <laughs> for sure like you can hear it right <laughs> So I'm looking at Ashton like, did she just, and he just doesn't even bat an eye at it. Meanwhile, vice versa, we're at my family party or whatever. And she's hearing the stuff of like my aunt saying this, my uncle saying that. And just again, like weight is such a sensitive topic. And just, that just seems to be the shit that we talk about all the time. Like, oh, you look a little fatter today. Or like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, thanks. Okay. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, didn't need that, but good to see you too. You yeah, know, right? like really annoying. So it's it's wild, but it's it's trauma. Like it's it, it does get to you. And not to say that I didn't grow up with like body dysmorphia, but I definitely was affected by a lot of those comments being made. I was super self-conscious. I tried not to wear like too tight of clothing around my family, like little shit like that. So me and Ashton are hoping that we can build a family and a culture that literally does not allow that. Cause it's not fucking cool, man. <laughs> I think it just gets tiring. It's like, if there's a concern, then you can express that concern with some love. Of course. If Angela, you know, you've been drinking too much. <laughs> Like, but it's approaching to like, Hey, are you, is everything okay? Like I see you're going out all the time and it seems like you're getting super wasted. Like, is everything good? Or are you just having a good time? And if you, even if you are like, just like, just want to make sure like you're not yes. driving, like everything's yes. okay. Yeah, everything's good. I'm just, you know, this is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, just maybe go to the doctor, get your liver checked. Okay, cool. And then like, leave it alone. Right. Cause ultimately right. it's your decision at the end of the day. And we're adults. We're fucking adults. We're fucking adults. I think that's the hardest part is like parents understanding that you are a grown ass adult. And in ways, of course, like my parents still support me. Not doesn't necessarily mean financially, but I just mean like, of course. But um, I think it's funny when you hear parents that are like, why don't my kids want to spend time with me and like shit like that? Well, what are you saying and doing when they're around? Because I think that they would be way more open to spending time with you and including you in things if you weren't such an asshole all the time. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I just think that, again, I'm, I'm not a parent, so I have no idea what that's like. But I would hope that I would want my child to want to spend more time with me. So why would I say the most hurtful things 
to deteriorate their self-confidence and self-esteem. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound beneficial at like, all. Just, for like, anybody in the room, really. No, no, no. no. You can so have I'm like, kid hmm. who has less self-worth and confidence um, inside of your house. It's more like, like kids more likely to just go off and start to, to early early sexual acts yes. earlier um yes. engaging in either drinking or drugs like mm-hmm. it's you're gonna find that self-worth or self-value somewhere right yeah. and if yeah. it's not internal like oh like i'm worthy i'm i can work hard and do these things and it's gonna be like man give me a hit of the next thing like because yeah. if i'm not worth it then you know what fuck it maybe this will, this will make me worth it or yeah. this will get me in a community or a crowd that's outside of my family that they're cool and so i'm now there and it's like well was it really worth it to call somebody just like it's hard out there it's it's, it's rough it's so tough like and just holding your tongue and then like i think with like asian and hispanic culture it's like respecting your elders so god forbid you fucking say some shit you're about to get slapped with a slipper or a wooden stick like what whatever is in close proximity <laughs> you know like it's it's tough but Hopefully that will change over time, I think. Um, Cause I think that's like with a lot of like immigrant families in general, like just like the old ways of parenting and households. So. And friendships and like it bleeds, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's my big point. I think that I've, I've really appreciated getting to know a lot of diverse people and like really just people are fucking people. People are humans. Mm-hmm. And we can all get along. It's just, there, there's a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. There's a way to set boundaries. There's yep. a way to check somebody and say, Hey, wasn't okay with that. Like right. we can still be friends. Just wasn't okay with that thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then depending on their reactions, like, okay, yeah, you're now you're like even closer, probably in my, in my inner circle. Cause you mm-hmm. were able to handle that. Well, we were able yeah. to converse and then we bonded over that. And now we're like, you're somebody that I trust that's going to respect my boundaries Yeah. versus if I tell you, Hey, I didn't like that. And you're like, well, why not? I'm, I'm not going to play that game. You can, you can fuck right off. Right. Right. And I think like, so with friends, for example, we, me and Ashton literally went through a season of pruning where we just cut motherfuckers off left and right. No problem. No hesitation. And the reason that we did that was because we're protective of our peace, but we're also very protective of just who we are as, as people. We, know that we have good intentions when we come into relationships and if we're good friends we are going to find a way because i think delivery is everything right so if there's something that i disagree with that i know is going to hurt you in the long run and i bring that up to you as a friend with absolute like no malicious intent behind what i'm saying just just coming from a place of love and you reject it and you turn that back into me being a bad person for being rational and telling you that, hey, fucker, what you're doing is actually detrimental to your future or to your mental health or whatever the, whatever the situation is, and you can't face that, I'm doing what I can as a friend, but obviously that's up to you to decide. And so they ended up talking shit about us, saying stuff to other people, posting shit about us. And to me, that's like, you're you're a fucking phony, man. Like you are so lame for that to to have to sit there like a coward and blame somebody else instead of just looking in the mirror and being like damn she was a good friend for reaching out like i'm not somebody who just brings up random shit and tries to start a fight with you everything that i'm telling you that i disagree with is 
purely because of the fact that I'm trying to look out for you. And again, I'm human too. I make mistakes. I'm not a fucking perfect person, but I know that I at least have good judgment of character. And if I see that you're acting in a way that I know you're not because we've been friends for so long, why would I not bring that up to you? I think good friends are the ones that can sit you down and tell you to your face that you're fucking up and you're doing something wrong, right? And I think there's just a level of friendship that I have with the friends that I that I do now currently have, which is only a few, to be honest. Um, that's something that we all do with what we check each other all the time. And that has strengthened so many relationships and the ones that just couldn't hang and couldn't deal with pure and utter honesty and genuine relationships are the ones that weren't worth working on, you know? I think those same people that do end up like turning it back that take that victim mentality are the same people that always say that it's too hard to find friends. Yeah. I can't sure. find friends. I can't find people. Like, why does every, like, why can't I just find good people? It's like, well, look around, look, look in the mirror a little bit. Yes. Are you a good person? Yeah. Same thing with clients. This, this one client we let go, literally we let them go because they tried sitting there and they're like, we have hired five different marketing companies and like all of you are scams, right? And now obviously as a business owner, the, the three of us know that we are not scamming people. Now remind you, there are some businesses that are scamming people, but we are not one of them. No, we, we don't do that. And again, like we hold our name to the very highest. So obviously Ashton was like very, very much offended by like his unprofessional comment that he made towards us during this call. And Ashton was like pretty much just saying like, you know, you worked with so many companies like us, like us, you're saying, and you're saying that five out of five of successful companies, agencies, right, are the problem. But he recently told us like before we hired him on which was a red flag he, that he fired all his employees and like fired like multiple yeah got rid of multiple partnerships like just yeah just like this huge sob story of like how he just pruned like a shit ton of people and was like rebranding and again of course like me being the director I, i'm like okay well on the client success side of things let's hope to find you results and help you launch this brand new rebrand or whatever and then slowly we started to realize like holy shit it's a him problem it's not even it's not those marketing companies or whatever the case because we tried everything in our power for him to see success we have a very specific process and in order to expedite the scaling like we we have to implement these processes in place to make sure that the infrastructure actually lasts when you go to scale I mean, you need the Ollie, you need the fucking layup, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you, you can't just have it happen overnight or just be something that falls into your lap. Like you have to put in the work and he just wasn't, he wasn't willing to work with us on anything. Just pointed the finger, pointed the finger, pointed the finger. So this victim mentality is detrimental for people and they'll fucking sit there and wallow in their self pity forever. And those are the kind of people that end up alone. So unless you're willing to hear other people out and come to the self-actualization that like, damn, I need to change because I do believe people change. That's when they'll hopefully see a breakthrough. And, and I wish the best for all the people that we did unfriend. I, I do wholeheartedly mean that. I want the best for anybody, 
you know, and unfortunately I just can't be a part of that. And that was okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you Ollie. All you got to do is do the This is what I'm saying. Like, come dude, on. I got the layup right here, man. Like, come on. Like, yeah. So people are interesting. People are interesting. People are interesting. But that's, like, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's why I love doing this, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you get to, like, you're getting to take time to sit with people and learn about them. And I think the more that you sit with people and take the time to listen and, and have a conversation with somebody, you can kind yeah. of gauge on. I, th- I think it's a, it's, it's like a very nice transferable skill I can put into any sort of business place. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess this, this is also, I guess a business place, but it's a little bit more casual, but either way, yeah. um, it's nice being able to have a conversation be able to almost vet people. It's like, yeah, this is a person I want to do business with. Yeah. Oh, this is a person that I should probably, I don't know. There's something in here that I mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. either dig a little bit more or maybe because sometimes people are just bad conversationalists, right? They just, they can't deliver very well. They just don't really know where they're at and that's okay. But maybe we're not at the right time to have a, to have a sit down and conversation yet, Yeah. but I wish you all the best and let's go ahead and have a conversation later in the future. Um, once you kind of get that all figured out and then we can figure this out later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, I don't know, getting to sit and vet people and understand and have a conversation is, is valuable. Yeah. And I think that's good for any partnership. If you can both come from a place of like non-biased opinions and just fill the room with your presence and just intuition and be intentional in everything that you do, I mean, something's got to give. And that's like the whole journey with entrepreneurship. Like every fucking decision you make needs to be intentional for the business and for you. Um, and we've been able to scale this baby up the, the way that we have just the three of us. So it's been a fun ride. <laughs> What's to come next for um name of the company and active solutions yeah, what's, what's, to, what's come next for active solutions yeah um honestly we uh yeah it's been really cool with this hiring process so i've kind of overtaken that portion of the business until we hire someone to hire people <laughs> um but with active solutions yeah we just we have really big goals and we have a lot of projections and actually today uh because yesterday was the first of the month, every first of the month, the three of us sit down and we write down numbers, our projections, like what type of revenue, what kind of changes we need to make, our offer, our systems. I mean, we do everything that we can to perfect our craft. And it's hard to say what's gonna come next because every day is so different and it's so exciting, but the three of us are not gonna stop until we get this to where we need it to be, which is a big, big picture. We're actually trying to build the business so that it can operate on its own without the three of us in it to make it an asset. So um, again, we're just making sure to plan that and take those approaches and build that infrastructure from the beginning so that by the time we get to a good sweet spot and we're making very consistent revenue, with where our goal lies, then we will hire a CEO and a CRO and a new director, and then hopefully sell the business. And that's, yeah, that's what we're really trying to do. Move on to the next project. (laughs) Yeah. What would be the next project? Gosh, well, I think through that experience, the three of us are gonna learn a lot about running a business. I mean, when, when the good things happen, what to do when the bad things happen. So we'd like to eventually get into like coaching or consulting uh, for other business owners that are trying to start something. Because again, 
we've done it or by that time we would have done it so i feel like i'd be really comfortable uh giving advice at that time because i've created the skill set and the knowledge base to be able to vet myself out to give that sort of uh feedback to individuals because i'm not a phony i'm not ever going to be one so i'm not going to pretend like i'm this person when i'm not there yet right so that's bigger plan but we the three of us would love to get into that very cool what is the next plan for you individually like where are some like paths of area of of, of growth that you would like to see yourself kind of like work on in the future yeah <laughs> it's a funny funny question because ashton asked me that yesterday and i've always dreamed of being a mother i know that's super like i don't know if it's cliche or not the answer you were necessarily thinking i would say but i i think that bringing life into this very very corrupt world is scary first of all very nervous to have a child um with how the world is right now but that's besides the fact but i've always wanted to nurture my own children to see the world differently because I know there's so much bad in it and because I know I can't protect them from all of it, if I could just build a really solid, again, infrastructure and foundation for them early on in their lives so that when these things happen, that it won't take them by surprise, um, that is my biggest goal. Of course, I want them to be smart. Of course, I want them to be successful and have these different skills, but ultimately it's, it's like building that um, foundation in the beginning with your children knowing that they're going to step into this awful awful world <laughs> um but i do believe there's more good than there is bad i know we all like to focus on the bad but and i want my kids to do good in this world and if we if me and ashton can build an empire and be a family of business owners and set our kids up for success i mean it would just be awesome to kind of have a full generation of that continue to pass on so yeah i just i want to be a mom i want to be able to like nurture my children i want to be able to travel i i love traveling ashton hasn't ever been out the country so we're planning our trip to australia and korea next year oh yeah so it's just a lot of big things so we just it, it's crazy because i can't even think about that yet or fathom that until we get this business up and running so it's tough to answer that <laughs> That's fair. um Favorite last couple of books you've read or recommendations for books? Do you have any? Yeah, The Art of, what is it? The Art uh, or The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, I yeah. think. I saw is you the post one. that one recently. It was either you or yes. Ashton that posted that recently. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, I love that. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, also a really great book. Um, and honestly, I listen to the Hermosis podcasts. Um, love reading, but again, Time is money. <laughs> so I spend a lot of time like doing a lot of shit all the time. So any chance that I have where I can focus on something while I'm physically doing something, I will throw that podcast on literally through the speakers of the house oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, we'll just listen and I just absorb. But I think the subtle art of not giving a fuck, the one thing that it taught me was to not give a fuck, like regardless, because we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. So if you can just accept the bad and embrace the suck, then you're going to be fine 
you're going to be totally fine. And I used to care so much about what people thought of me. And then I was trying to create content and become this influencer, become this person on social media that I fucking wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't that. And now that I'm finally stepping into like who Angela is, I started to not give a fuck about what people thought of me because at the end of the day, I am me and I'm doing this for me. Um, and then Rich Dad, Poor Dad, obviously we, we spoke about that earlier and it, it just really paints the picture for you as to why owning a business and, and kind of stepping into that uh, career is different than your typical nine to five and going to college, getting a degree in, in you know, that sort of fashion. So two really great books, but the Hermoses, um, again, are, are really great, great individuals because they're really transparent about the process. They don't cut any corners to get to where they ha- they are right now. And they don't fucking bullshit. They don't. Hermoses, they, they, all they do is provide value. And that's like the biggest thing is just value, value. So $100 million offers is a great book. $100 million leads. Another great book uh, for anybody that's Thank looking for to get into to the, the agency podcast. or high ticket space. Check us out on iTunes, um, Spotify, really awesome individuals. and all other major podcast awesome. hosting platforms. Where can people find you? Be sure to leave us a five-star um, review well, on you iTunes. you can go to our website, <laughs> activesolutions.ai. Um, that's our Instagram handle. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn as well. Um, but yeah. Awesome. Cool. Anything else? No. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Cool. Of course. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Very valuable. Thanks. Tune in, share it, like it, subscribe, all the things. Love y'all. See Bye. ya. <laughs> that was fine. Uh,